This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Regional Roundup with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. Time to turn our attention to news around the region. The COVID 19 situation in Indonesia is worsening. The Red Cross saying the country is on the edge of catastrophe. It's seen record daily infections of more than 20,000 in recent days, fueled by the emergence of highly transmissible virus variants and increased mobility after the Muslim fasting month. To try and stop the spread, Indonesia is imposing stricter restrictions from this Saturday, although they had previously been slated to start today. Meanwhile, elsewhere in the region, Malaysia's king has reiterated his call for parliament to reconvene as soon as possible. Uh, does this or could this increase pressure on Prime Minister Mahdin Yassin's administration, meaning a date could be set for legislators to meet for the first time this year? Uh, there's a lot to get into on the line with me this morning, uh, Straits Times Regional Correspondent Leslie Lopez. Leslie, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good, Elliot. Good morning. How are you doing? Not too bad, sir. Uh, unfortunately, not the same for the people of Indonesia. Front page of the Straits Ooh. Times this morning, a photograph of Indonesians trying to squeeze and get into this uh, vaccination center in the suburbs of Jakarta. They are dealing with another wave of COVID-19. Uh, could you tell us about this, this latest lockdown that's going to begin? What can you share with us? Well, you know, the government has tried micro-lockdowns before this, and largely because of the push from businesses, from, you know, the impact of a much wider, stricter lockdown will do. But clearly, cases have just have gone kind of run amok, actually. And also, they've been fueled by this new Delta variant. Mm. And so, what the government has, has been left with no choice to do is to impose a much more strict lockdown. Uh, employees in the non-essential sectors must work from home and there'll be a ban in dining in, at least for now, including limits on domestic travel. People mm. only who've been vaccinated would be allowed to travel. But you see, I don't know how far this is going to help because it is going to be tough to implement these measures in Indonesia. Essential workers, a lot of people are daily wage, so they need to come out to work. Yeah. And how you do this, in a, even in the city, Greater Jakarta, it's crowded, hugely crowded. It is going to be tough. But what we do know is that things are really getting bad. And, you know, similar to other places where this crisis has really hit, like, say, for example, India, which is battling another deadly wave. Mm. Indonesia is facing, you know, similar kind of urgent needs, you know, testing facilities, kits, vaccination supplies, and also oxygen, you know, which yeah. um, which many people think can be in short supply in coming weeks. So, yeah. you know, clearly it's a story to we need to watch. And, you know, it is these deadly, these waves now that are sweeping countries are really disrupting things about, you know, with all this hope of trying to open up anytime soon. Looks like all of those things have got to be put on hold. Yeah, I mean, I remember last year we were talking about Indonesia and they kick-started domestic tourism. Uh, Bali, of yeah. course, is a place that is heavily dependent on tourists, right? And it was a case, I remember you and I saying, yeah, it's no choice. They really got to get the economy going. Obviously, this means that there's going to be a problem where tourism to Bali is concerned. But I think the bigger question here is, you, you mentioned a lot more needs to be done. 
And you can't help but think, is the country going to provide economic support to its people? Can the country provide money to its people? Well, it's, it's, I think, you know, a lot of countries in, in Southeast Asia, Asia, you know, don't have the kind of resources, say, a country like Singapore has. You know, and it's going to be tough, you know, dealing with all all of this, especially, say, two operators alone in Bali or in, in Indonesia that, you know, were hoping, have long, they've long depended on international travel, but now they're just hoping for some kind of domestic travel, domestic tourism to just keep them barely mm. afloat. And that, too, is not happening. So how the government is going to come and and, you know, provide crutches for these people is going to be crucial. But what we do know is that, you know, few countries, apart from, I mean, I think, and Singapore is a template that needs to be followed, is that you, you need to come up with a clear exit strategy. And an exit strategy is not like, you know, setting markers and when, you know, the economy can open, but actually how are you going to help these economies to inject life into the economy. So these are the exit strategies that I think need to be looked at for governments in the region. And that's lacking at this point. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now back to our podcast episode. Talking about governments in the region, Malaysia, Prime Minister Mahindin Yasin extended the lockdown and also revealed an additional 150 billion ringgit in the form of cash aid, wage subsidies and unemployment assistance. Obviously, this has been met with public anger because Malaysians will only get the aid in October. And you can imagine the desperation that comes with it. I mean, what's behind the slow pace of extending this aid? Well, you know, it's a number of things. Like I just mentioned, you know, uh, governments in the region have uh, finances that are stretched. So this clearly leads to that. There are also logistic issues. You know, when you have government departments working on a rotation basis to limit the number of people who go to work, a lot of these things create bottlenecks, actually, to any kind of uh, any kind of assistance program. So, but I think having said that, it is a question of finances being stretched, one Number two, I think a lot of these things are knee-jerk reactions coming up with these big figures of 150 billion and all this kind of stuff. Hopefully, to to placate public sentiment, which is turning pretty bad, in especially in Malaysia now towards the government. So, I think these these assistance programs need to be, you know, clearly laid out properly, thought through before they announce. And I think this is what has been the problem. Each time it is, it's a number that's thrown out and says, okay, we'll, we'll figure out the details as we go. But you know, that, is, that clearly hasn't been enough, mm. and which has led to this public anger. And, and you're right, you know, what happens between now and October, you know, when, when cases are spiking and, you know, we're dealing with new variants and lockdowns have continued from, you know, from June 1st, you know, we're yeah. almost a month in lockdown now. So you can understand the the kind of uh, pressures going through with small businesses. I mean, people like in the FNB. Mm. I'm just wondering, you know, when the economy does reopen, what does it reopen to, you know? Will people be, will businesses be, be in a position to open? So I think these are now the these tough questions that are being asked today. And hence, you know, that very restive, even anger with the public, you know, yeah. uh, towards the government. So really, that's where we are at this point. 
I mean, we've always been kind of preparing for this, especially at the first 100 days of PM Mohidin's leadership, how he was going to be judged. And, and now it looks like it's come to the point where he's really got to face some questions. He's got to give some answers. The king has reiterated his call for parliament to reconvene as soon as possible. What kind of risk does PM Mohidin face, you know, in, in terms of a face-off with Malaysia's royals by delaying the opening of parliament? Well, you know, this this is clearly a serious issue, and it's um, it's. I think it does point to the the fact that you know, PM Muhyiddin is fighting for his political survival. Uh, as as you know, he he came into power in March last year mm. largely because of the king's intervention. He met with uh, when when the PH government collapsed. Uh, the king met with uh, elected representatives and decided that uh, Muhyiddin appeared to have the majority of the support of people in parliament. So he was appointed. So this kind of tacit support from the palace, uh, which also came through the form of the state of emergency declaration Mm. in January this year, has helped keep the Muhyiddin government uh, in in power. Mm. Now, you see, we, we... uh, the the government today is facing is no longer enjoying that so-called air cover from the palace. Mm. You know, it's it's made three very very pointed and very very clear decrees saying that we want parliament they want parliament to open as soon as possible. Yeah. And this is like three times in the last two weeks now. Yeah. So I think this is a pretty direct message, and I don't think Prime Minister and his government can waffle on this. Uh, like I mentioned in the story I wrote this week, mm-hmm. you know, the the rulers have a very symbolic symbolic responsibilities in the Malaysian democracy. But in times of crisis like this, you know, because of their constitutionally enshrined uh, status as protectors of the Muslim faith and also, you know, uh, also symbols of the you know of the special rights Malays enjoy in this in this country. They, they become a formidable force in times of crisis. And so clearly we've got the royalty in the fray now. And in the fray, not behind, in the Muhyiddin corner. So that's going to be the interesting thing to watch in the coming days. Mm, he's no longer the blue-eyed boy. If yeah, you wanna, exactly. yeah. If you want to read uh, Leslie's story, you can head over to straightstimes.com. You can simply search up Leslie Lopez and you'll come across the story. PM Mohidin risks face-off with Malaysia's royals by delaying parliament. It was a story written on the 28th of June. Go check it out at straightstimes.com. I've been speaking with Straits Times regional correspondent Leslie Lopez. Leslie, appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe, yeah? You too, Elliot. Talk to you soon. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.